Welcome to the next episode of the Women Who Sport Lockdown series. We'd like to thank a couple of people that have helped us out with the podcast. So that's Virtual Wealth, an insurance company based in Edinburgh. Sharon Martin for letting us use her song, Girl, Daughter of Scotland. You can find that on YouTube or on Apple Music. And to Badge of Shame Cloven for making us the artwork for the podcast. And you can find them on Instagram. In today's lockdown edition, we're joined by Saracens Mavericks and England netball defender Jodie Gibson. The Commonwealth gold medalist has 25 caps for the Vitality Roses, having played at major international tournaments since she made her debut in 2013 against Jamaica. So um, you've been playing netball since primary school. Have there been any other sports along the way or have you kind of just started with netball and stuck with it right the way through? Um, I guess from an early age I've always played sports. Sports kind of always been a part of my kind of who I am, my character. Um, so athletics was a sport that I actually thought I would have pursued. Um, I was like the fastest kid on the playground. Um, sports day was my favourite kind of event. Um, 100 meter sprint was was my event. I was great at it. Um, <laughs> Um, and then I tried like gymnastics and all different kind of sports. But then until I found netball, um, I didn't kind of fall in love with a sport because athletics I loved, but I, I didn't like the fact that sometimes I was on my own running the 100 meters. I liked the, the relay because I was with my team. Um, but then I found netball and I was like, oh, okay, yes, I'm around people. We're, we're all sharing this kind of the same common goal and just enjoying it. So I guess that's why I probably fell in love with netball and kind of stuck with netball. Because I wasn't very good when I first started either. <laughs> it was terrible. Were you not? <laughs> I, was awful. I can't imagine you being <laughs> bad at netball. <laughs> I was bad. I was like, they, I got invited to go to um, my first club because I was tall. But then when I got there, they were like, it's got nothing out going for us. <laughs> Did you not catch? <laughs> not very well. No. <laughs> like I had the basic skill, but I just wasn't at the quality of all the rest of the girls. But you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> so what age did you go along to that first club then? Um, so I was 10 years old. So first I played netball when I was in year five at primary school. Um, and then at the end of the kind of the school year, we had a tournament at a local primary school. And that's where I was first scouted um, to go along to the local um, club, which was YWC Berry. Um, then I went along on that Sunday so I guess everything happened quite fast because in primary school leagues kind of happen over what like a month like two months really so yeah from so yeah I kind of got into the club quite early so that's probably why I was quite raw still I had the height and I, and I was athletic but I just wasn't a natural born netball player. I think that happens with a lot of team sports though like I don't know, I know it's the same in rugby like you get so many people that yeah are just like they're good athletes and yeah. you just have to yeah like take their time and then sometimes they can become well I guess yeah in your case like one of the best netball players yeah so, I, they say coaches they have an eye for it don't they? they know what they're looking for and they know they can kind of perfect what they need to when for you then did it become like go from a hobby to like I want to play for England this has got serious um 
I guess I guess the first time I ever thought netball could I could play for England, I was probably around like 12, 13, went to watch my first ever England game at the Manchester Arena. I remember seeing the women just playing on this court and just how amazing it was. And I remember thinking, coming home and telling my mum, like, oh my gosh, I want to play for England one day, I want to wear that red dress. And I used to then sit up at night time because netball used to be on Channel 4 <laughs> at like three o'clock in the morning. So I used to sit up and watch those games and think, oh my gosh, I want to do that. So I guess it was probably around that age. Um, but then it was always a hobby and it was always part of my everyday routine from when I was probably around 12. I always went to netball training on Tuesdays and Thursdays, did the tournaments and um, was quite lucky enough that I was selected into things like the national squads um, for the Northwest and kind of high performance programs from an early age. So it's kind of always been part of my DNA and part of my character and was a hobby but something that I still had to sacrifice a lot of things for from such a young age um, and that's why I think sometimes it's hard to kind of pinpoint a stage of which I thought okay this could be my life because it always has been my life. Yeah I think that's a, like a, a good point not every athlete has a, a defining moment they're like yeah I can do this because especially if you've committed so much time to it from an early age it's just the next step or the next stage in the process that you work towards and um, did you have a an idol or a, a netballer that you aspire to be like growing up so my idol when I was growing up was Pamela Cookie oh yes Pam Cookie what a hero <laughs> Pamela Cookie but then I soon realized that I couldn't shoot so it's probably best to find someone on the other end of the court that I could really relate to um so then I kind of fell in love with the likes of Amanda Newton, Sonia McCloma, um these defensive legends who to this day, have had kind of impact, um, an input, sorry, into, into my journey. So they've kind of come into the programs at times and helped us um, in different like coaching sessions and stuff, which has been really cool. So yeah, those guys were the ones I really looked up to. I remember thinking with Pam Cookie, um, my netball coach when I was younger, Jean, used to coach Pam when I think <laughs> Pam was younger. And do you remember there's any camps at Bath you used to have to run up that hill to to get to Bath Uni (laughs) and apparently uh, Jean used to say Pam hates running she hates running she's not really good at it she just doesn't like running and I was like she hates running maybe I've got a chance (laughs) I like that netball if you can't shoot you can just play defense and you'll never have to shoot and that's fine (laughs) I think well some people actually set some time to learn how to shoot Whereas for me, it was like, okay, I'm tall. Let's just put her in defence and see what happens from there. <laughs> yeah, that skill set was already starting yeah. so low. Shooting was just one step too far. <laughs> yeah, it took so long to patch and, uh, catch and pass. Um, so let's just put him in defence. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, netball shooting is so tricky. Like, you've got no backboard. You've just got to aim it for that tiny little hoop. So hard. <laughs> so so hard couldn't do it I am um, I've been working on a netball camp this week with my kind of under 19s and under 18s and one of them's a shooter and we set a target to get like 90 plus um percent shooting stats and I was thinking this is quite tough she came back and she was like yeah I got 92 uh, percent I was like what no, well, when you've got it you've got it unfortunately yeah. we obviously don't have that skill set <laughs> agreed <laughs> <laughs> so now you play your club for the Saracens Mavericks 
Yeah, so I recently transferred over to Saracens this season because uh, last year I was, I was at Seven Stars in Worcester, in Worcester um, and I've actually not took the court yet this season because I had a, a quite bad injury two years ago that I'm still rehabbing from. Um, but it's incredible that one, Saracens and rugby clubs want to get involved in netball, so the likes of Wasps and Saracens are now involved in netball, so to now be a part of the Saracens family is, is incredible. So they've achieved so much um, in rugby and the netball team have so much potential to achieve just as much success and to have the name like Saracens backing us um, it gives us such kind of confidence that they're on our, we're on their journey and they're on our journey as well and I think what's really special as well like we have um, club days where netball teams go along but also the rugby guys and the rugby girls get involved as well so it just makes us feel like one big family and I think that's so important to not just have the name but feel like you're part of this the Saracens family and I think they do that so well. We've been along to Loughborough Lightning netball games and I think the Netball League in the UK have done like an amazing job. It's such a good like spectator sport. I'm sure Saracens will be the same but Loughborough had like a huge crowd there like everybody's going mad like everyone's got their little cards and their signs and yeah just I think the growth in netball over the past couple of years has been like outstanding. Yeah it's been immense. As you briefly mentioned then the Commonwealth Games in 2018 the success from that just catapulted so much um so many things from that so there's been I think after the Commonwealth Games 160,000 people picked up a netball I get whether it's for the first time for the for the since primary school since high school um got back into netball it's just incredible and I think for a lot of us girls the success of winning that gold medal and the achievement from an athlete's perspective was incredible but I think the actual thing we're most proud of is just the effect it's had um, since that moment and I think what's been great is netball's in the media more as you mentioned um, these sporting events these netball events are now such a, a showcase of what the sport can do um, not only just on the court but off the court as well our fans in the netball community are really engaged um, and that only puts netball in such a positive light that hopefully it'll continue to grow even more. You mentioned the Commonwealth final then can you just tell us about that game because that final was absolutely crazy it was so nail-biting. Yeah, it was incredible. So we played against Australia in the final. I think nobody probably had us in the sights to be in that final at all, except us. We had the belief and we knew we could, we could do it, we could achieve it. Um, so we went into that final as the underdogs uh, and it kind of was going goal for goal throughout the whole game. At times we were, we were down by four, down by six, uh, we were leading. And then it got to the last second of the game um, and Helen Halsby had the last had the last shot of the game but what was even more incredible is the fact that the game actually finished but in that last second of the game the goal defense from Australia was called for an obstruction so in netball if you, if you're within the three foot mark um, you get called for a penalty which is an obstruction call um, which then makes the allows the shooter then to have a penalty pass or shot so Helen chose to take that shot and then that's what won us the gold medal so one by one goal at the 2018 Commonwealth Games, which was, yeah. Incredible. incredible. Yeah, incredible scenes. <laughs> As a defender, how was it watching that? Because, like, that final shot, but, like, you ha- could have no influence on that. It's so funny because um, it was actually been, this week's been two years since that moment. So we actually had a conference call together just to kind of reminisce and just to kind of talk about what the, that moment felt like. And um, a lot of us didn't watch it. A lot of us turned away and just was like, okay, Helen, it's all in your hands now but we have the belief in Helen and all the other shooters we know what they can do um and yeah we have incredible shooters so they knew, they knew what she needed to do 
she pulled up goal in. And, and, and the thing is with Helen Halsby, she's had many moments where she had to win a game in the last second with one shot. So if someone's going to do it, give the ball to Helen. <laughs> She'll do it for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, that must, that must be the equivalent of like a 10 kicking uh, uh, like the final, I don't know, penalty of a, of a rugby match to win. I just don't know how they've got the mental strength to do something like that. Do you, think, do you guys think you would have watched that or would you have turned away and just been like, just do it? We had a sort of similar moment. Do you know, remember that first win against Wales, Bonner? When Slaw had that penalty kick and I just had like no doubt in my head, didn't like cross my mind for one second that she was going to miss, even though obviously in Slaw's head, it would have been... <laughs> yeah, she would have been like, oh my God, if I don't get this, we're not going to win. Yeah. yeah. I just like, oh, no, <laughs> but I guess as a defender, do you ever get like a sick intercept? And then you're like, brilliant, we're going to score off of this. And then the shooters cock it up and you're like, oh, there we go. <laughs> it's so funny because there's been many moments like that. But I think as a defender, you kind of pat yourself in the back. Okay, that was a good interception, but you get back on it. Get back on it and then you have to try and turn the ball over again. Because um, I guess our job is to try and put as much pressure on, continuous pressure on the attackers to, to create opportunities for our shooters to score. So if they miss that one, that's okay. Brush it off. We, we try and get more opportunities for them to score. But sometimes when you get that one amazing interception, you think, oh, it's okay. Come on. Because <laughs> it intercepts like a defender's equivalent of a goal. You almost want to be like, thank you. Thank you. It's so funny because sometimes we're like, some interceptions don't get celebrated, but you kind of look to your, uh, your teammate on the side of you, give him a little high five, like, well done. That was amazing. <laughs> But come on, get back on the game now. It's not about you. <laughs> so, so good. So, so true as well. <laughs> so you've mentioned uh, like a highlight. I'm assuming the Commonwealth Games is probably up there with like the pinnacle so far of your career. Um, and, I, and to get there, I know you struggled with, with a lot of challenges. What would you say is the, the toughest point in your career so far that you've had? Um, I think like any of roughly, um, getting selected for anything like the Commonwealth Games or just any kind of selection comes with many challenges. But I guess my lowest point in my career came after the Commonwealth Games. Um, so the year after the Commonwealth Games, we had the Netball World Cup. Um, and during the period between the end of the Commonwealth Games and the, the start of the Super League season, which was just like the international season, I picked up a, an injury to my knee. But it was an injury that we, we spoke about and that we'd kind of get it rectified after the World Cup because it was something we could manage. Um, but then in November of 2018, um, I damaged more cartilage in my knee. And then that's when the kind of medical team said, you know what, Jodie, I'm sorry. We said we'd try and repair it after the World Cup. But at this moment in time, we need to get it repaired now. But it's an, it's an, uh, an operation that will hopefully see you back within the next kind of three, four months. And then you'll be back playing before the World Cup and be ready for selection. Um, and that was hard news to digest. But at the same time, it was like, okay, I still have the World Cup in my, in my sights. It still could be achievable. Um, but then as the kind of the rehab was progressing over the, few, the first kind of three months, it was going really well. Um, but then we kind of started hitting stumbling blocks as we kind of approached the fourth and the fifth and the sixth month. Um, and that's when the World Cup was kind of looming closer and things were getting just from going from bad to worse. Um, I guess after any kind of injury, you have to kind of build up that strength again. And when I'm in the gym and doing weights and things, like that is where I'm at my happiest and things are going so well. 
but then the challenge kind of came was when we tried to run again like my knee was just wasn't happy it wasn't when I was running um I was presenting lots of kind of swelling and pain and all kind of sorts of things um which prevented provided challenges to the medical team and myself so it's hard when you have so much kind of confidence in your medical team when they turn around and like scratch their head and think we don't really know what's going on um and for kind of the first six months of my rehab I was, I was okay I was kind of remaining like a positive mindset and because we know things aren't straightforward we have setbacks but we, we kind of have to push on you have to build that resilience um but then it kind of got to like the the eighth and the ninth and the 10 month mark um and things were just going from bad to worse um, we're having conversations around your knee swelling but we don't know what's going on um i was asking questions around okay i want to get back i will get back um post the world cup because i probably the world cup was out of reach at this point now um but then there was lots of conversations then talking about will she even make it back to play netball again will she even run again we don't know if she will um and that was so hard because i guess for me like i've achieved so much in netball but i still don't think i've achieved my best and i wasn't ready yet to leave the netball community about people really seeing who i was and beat me at my best and um, so that was really hard i think i was in a bit of denial at a time as well because i was I, as much as i was asking them to be transparent around what's what's going on i also didn't want them to, to tell me the truth because i wasn't ready to accept that i could never play netball again and, and i have to start thinking about life after netball i wasn't ready to have those conversations um but I sat down with a psychologist quite a lot um, over the last kind of year um, who helped me kind of find a nice balance in my mind to kind of push push through and and accept the fact that um, keep searching Francis, keep wanting to kind of find out what's wrong with me because you're not ready to give up yet. Um, and I'm so glad that I got to work with a psychologist because we continued to search Francis, we spoke to more specialists and things um, and they finally found what was wrong with my knee. Um, so I had I kind of had lots of osteo, um, I can't remember what the injection's called, but I kind of had like a lot of injections, um, steroid injections, things like that. Um, and then the last steroid injection I had in my knee, it worked. Um, and it, it kind of reduced all the swelling. Um, and then I had to do, which was crazy, my physio was like, okay, let's just try and do a thousand squats a week do a thousand squats a week or like a thousand to three thousand squats a week and see if that helps your knee and it worked <laughs> i don't know <laughs> which yeah i don't know why or how but i squat a lot now because it helps with my knee it helps me find if it made me find the comfortable spot that we was missing previously in my rehab um but yeah kind of when you're told that your rehab might take three four months and it takes nearly two years it's so hard to kind of pick your, keep picking yourself up when you have so many setbacks but um I, I'm, I was always surrounded by like the best medical team my family my friends and um the psychologist he was a massive help um so i think for me as well i'm quite a private person i'm a lot i deal with things myself um but i think during that rehab time i found the need to I had to get it out because if, if I didn't it was just me dealing with this and it was it was such a hard time um so yeah that was that was kind of my lowest point in rehab in, in my netball career sorry was my uh, knee 
situation that I'm currently kind of still dealing with, but I'm now seeing, and I'm now kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, um, which has been a very long tunnel, <laughs> but mm. we're finally um, getting there, but it was tough. It's been really tough, but I'm so excited to play netball again. Coronavirus happened, so netball has been delayed even more, but it just means <laughs> we've got more rehab time, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Silver linings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you find that off of the back of such a high of, a, of Commonwealth Games that the team had a lot of expectation going into the World Cup? Because I know that we kind of fell short, I think, a, a lot of netball fans from, from what I'd heard and things going around social media, they're hoping that England would at least make the final. Like, I, I know you kind of watch from the sidelines and you're, you're involved in a lot of media in it, which was a brilliant. Um, did you think, like the girls had a lot of pressure going into it and, and that helped or hindered their, their performance? I think we, the expectation from the outside, um, that's not something we focus on. People can talk and have those kind of expectations, but I think what's important is to stick for what your culture and your beliefs are. And, and the culture we kind of established at England Netball was to, that we understood the pressure. The pressure was good. We, we, were, ready, we were ready to rise to that challenge of, we've achieved a Commonwealth gold medal. Okay, the next competition we're going to play in, we're going to go again for that gold medal at the World Cup. Um, but what I think as well, uh, the netball teams across the world have, netball's just getting better. There's so many international teams now. It's so hard at the top, but who, who was going to win that gold medal at the Netball World Cup and at the Commonwealth Games? Um, and I think that's such an exciting place for netball to be in. Um, I, don't, I think on paper, yes, it looks like we underachieved because we won the gold medal at the Commonwealth Games 2018 and then won bronze at the Netball World Cup. But I think as a whole group, we're so proud of what we've achieved over, over those two years. Um, and I think, yeah, we, we are disappointed in the fact that we didn't maybe get into that final, but you, we can, you can never fault our efforts. I never fall kind of the efforts of the girls and and everything that we've achieved over the last four years because we've come such a long way when you reflect on because netball works in uh, four-year cycles so when you reflect on where we were four years ago to where we are now um as a playing group and just netball in general um i think we can all kind of pat ourselves on the back and and be proud of what we've achieved yeah definitely is it like an incredible that learning curve and steep learning curve as well in terms of performances and things that the teams produced over the years i've got a quick question going back to your injury challenges how do you split up a thousand squats a week because <laughs> mm, got good question and i like cry about it <laughs> how do you split up a thousand squats a week so um that thousand squats a week actually ended up being around like 3,000 a week. So how we do it is, um, if we're gonna do the thousand squat session, that would last for probably about an hour and 40 minutes, probably. So what I'd do is you'd get around six or seven different kind of squat exercises. So some would be on the former, some would be double leg, some would be single leg. And then you'd kind of work in 25 reps and then do kind of like five to six sets of that. And then that would then total up to a thousand or it might be 700 that day or it could be 800 that day. Um, and that's kind of how we did it. So, so it's a lot. I think whenever athletes are doing their rehab and you're like, God, this is so boring. You should think about when Jodie Gibson had to do a thousand squats three times a week. <laughs> that's horrendous. 
that. And were these weight? Were any of these weighted? No, um, they were all body weight. However, uh, the ones on the former, they were um, it was like high resistance. So we still wanted the resistance to go through the knee, but it was also meant to be a low um, intensity activity that we, that we needed to do to kind of help the knee and help kind of get that motion um, around the knee joint and all that kind of stuff. Your jaw must have dropped when your physio was like, okay, so this is a plan. You know what's really funny is they were like, we're so sorry, but this is the session. And at this point, I was a year and a half, like a year into rehab. I'd had so many ups and downs. I was like, you know what? Give me the squats. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> that actually must have been a burn. Like, especially being in isolation, a lot of our exercises now have gone body weight. And yeah. even doing some kind of, I guess, like CrossFit type exercises where you've got to do 12 sets of 20 air squats. It's a burner, like an a actual burner. burner. Yeah. Definitely. Do you know what as well? My worst ones, so please go try these out, guys. A decline single leg squat. So get get something that can position your foot in like a decline position um, on an angle and just squat down, single leg squats, do 25 and do like six or seven sets of that. Let me know how it feels. <laughs> Let me know how that feels. You can be this week's challenge. You need to film yourself doing this and we'll post it on our page to be like just a snippet of how Jodle G has done her rehab. (laughs) I'm down for that, guys. Do you know what's really funny is when um, we kind of all got put in lockdown and I had to go into individual sessions in my back garden and everyone's like, oh gosh, what we're going to do? I was thinking, it's just another stage of my rehab. Like, I've had so many ups and downs mm-hmm. and everything else that um, I, was, I was prepared for it. I was so close to getting back in court and playing. But yeah, I've, got, I've, got, I've now got to wait. But I guess it's a positive thing because for me, as long as my knee isn't in pain or, and I can run and do things comfortably, I'm happy. Just when, when that ball comes, it's, it'll be a bonus that I'll be back in court and playing. So I think any kind of anything else I can kind of introduce into my rehab and continue to build on that it's just going to put me in the best the best position I can be in by the time netball comes back around oh amazing sidetrack why isn't netball in the olympics don't get me started (laughs) honestly there's so many different things that kind of come in the conversation so the fact that both genders don't play at a high level um the lack of countries that play it netball is predominantly a commonwealth um, sport um, things around funding there's not enough kind of money in netball for it to kind of have the profile of Olympic sport um, Olympic games no Olympic sports sorry um, so yeah there's, there's so many factors but hopefully um, kind of the, the netball's profiles continue to rise so much recently so hopefully in kind of the next few years we'll, I'll be able to watch the next generation of netball players uh, play the, in the Olympic games yeah, that shocks me, but maybe it's just because I'm, like, British and ignorant and see a lot of netball here. Yeah. Um, but, like, surprise and find out that actually it's not kind of that widespread. <laughs> that kind of brings us on to our next, our next question. How netball's changed over the years, certainly from when you started playing as a child to now being a full-time netballer. How, how has it changed and what do you think had been the main influence for that change? It's changed so much. I think when I look back to when I was younger and the access of netball, like I mentioned uh, earlier, I used to get up at like three, four in the morning just to kind of catch a little bit of netball on Channel 4. <laughs> like, it's mad. So the fact that now um, 
we're in a position where people come and can actually come and watch our games on a weekly basis. We're on Sky Sports every Monday night when the league is on. Uh, we have all the international games shown on Sky Sports, so it's so accessible. Um, it's just, just incredible. But I think just the, the, the work that we've kind of all been putting in into the sport over the years has, has just kind of been... We've created this product now that people want to really engage in. Netball's always been this incredible sport, but it hasn't been shown enough for people to realise how great it is. So I think now it's on TV more and now it's just kind of being recognised more and respected more as a sport. I think that's really helped the rise of the, of, of the profile of the game. Then when people see this product, they want to buy into it because it, it's so fast, it's so engaging, it's so it's great, it's a fa- it's family fun game. Like mums, dads, kids, they absolutely love it. Grandparents love the sport. So I think um, that's really helped kind of the rise of netball and kind of the growth of netball over the years. Yeah, it's such a good point because even growing up playing it, there was not not necessarily a stigma, but if you spoke to some of the lads in your class at school about it, they'd be like, oh, netball is quite boring. Or no one really had a true understanding of how quick and physical and fit you had to be as a netballer to play at the highest level. Yeah, exactly. It's funny because I have a uh, funny story. So when I used to play at Worcester, uh, the Worcester Warrior, some of the guys came to watch our game. Then after the game, they were like, whoa, these girls are actually athletes. I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. And I bet you could all whip their counter-movement jump scores as well. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, so true. So it's a lockdown series, so we're trying to ask all athletes for their isolation tips. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my lockdown tips are, at the beginning of the week, create a, a schedule of all the training stuff that you need to be doing for the week. So I think it's really great to have structure in this moment. Um, so you, you've got a clear plan of what sessions you need to do, um, like activities that you need to do, where you need to fit them in. So I absolutely loved embracing kind of speaking to my friends on things like Zoom, um, house party, uh, having those kind of quizzes to make sure we've got that social kind of engagement. Um, as well, I've really enjoyed kind of working out on Zoom with my Sirens Mavericks team and with the England Netball Girls as well. I think it's really good just to making sure that you keep connected in this moment, because especially if you're part of a, um, a team sport, um, just making sure that connection's still there. So when we do return back to our sports, it should hopefully be a bit of a seamless transition into kind of having that team camaraderie back together and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we just have to kind of work on maybe catching and passing as a team properly again. <laughs> It's going to be a, yeah, a shock to us when we get back into playing um, netball for the first time again. I would love to be the CEO of Zoom this month because I, I know. <laughs> they must have made like an absolute bomb. Yeah. Bomb. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. They're proper useful tips. And I'm sure our listeners, those that do listen, our mums, um, <laughs> take a lot from that. <laughs> Thank you so much for for chatting to us today. Really appreciate it. And look forward to getting your episode out. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I absolutely love what you're doing on the podcast. So keep up the good work. Thanks, Jono. Thanks so much. Righteous among nations. Because we are doctors, lawyers, mothers, footballers, first minister. 
Oh Lord, yeah, we're on the move And I'm telling you The glass ceiling's going We're coming through Rise up, eyes up, take the stage Play your game, don't be afraid We don't work your far, or Jones of our Always be proud of who you are Girl, gotta hold your head up high Don't let this moment pass you by You can be anything you believe you can be Girl, this world is waiting just for you So go and shine and live the truth You can be anything you believe you can be